like he never left, Nick Gray is back in the virtual building. This is Plug In. Episode 15. We, this is a milestone for us. It is. It is. It's nice to be back. I've, uh, I've had some scheduling issues and other things where I couldn't be here, but it's nice to be back. I've been watching Nashville SC. I have some opinions. And I, I, I didn't get to talk about the uh, 4-2 win, which is what, about 20% of the scoring for Nashville so far this year in that win. But, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad to be back. And I was happy to see Nashville grind out a win against the 10-man D.C. United last, last night and pretty much a quintessential – performance from a a Gary Smith team right I mean that's well I mean you gotta just looking at it that's we're not so this is episode 15 of plugged in the national soccer podcast I'm host Drake Hills alongside co-host Nick Gray producer Nick as we like to call him and we'll be talking more about the full phase two schedule and looking ahead to national SC schedule as a whole and obviously looking at the must wins the toss-ups and games that they may struggle with. But to your point, Nick, D.C. United obviously came in without Felipe Martins. Obviously, Paul Areola is still recovering from his ACL tear. Uh, according, there has been reports that Areola may return to training next month or in the next few weeks anyway. I mean, a guy who's a U.S. men's national team winger, probably one of their best players, if not the best player. You've got Edison Flores, who was their DP signing. Uh, he's trying to recover from, I guess, uh, a head, something with it, with his head, a concussion, and even something, uh, I guess, bone, considering something with his, with the, I guess, his facial fracture. Uh, I'll, I'll say it that way. And then, obviously, you've got Muhammad Abu, which is another guy in midfield that D.C. was without. You had uh, that, that – they had a couple of young guys coming in um, who, who came into the fold for D.C., and so it really reflected both sides, right? Nashville was, was without Abu Danladi. They were without David Akam and Hani Mukhtar. Randall Yao returned after two weeks from injury and came in for about 30 minutes, replacing a, you know, let's call him a somewhat fit Dex McCarty, who Gary Smith said was not 100% fit. And you know, on top of that, you're missing Dan Lovitz, who was suspended with the yellow card. So you pretty much had like a limping Nashville versus a limping DC. And to their credit, both sides weren't absolutely terrible, but they certainly weren't sharp. And it showed, you know, (laughs) DC didn't even get a shot on target or total in the first 45 minutes. And it's, it's just about that time, Nick. I think phase two is just going to be about who's the last man standing as opposed to, Who's the best man up? Yeah, and for context, you know, DC United's in the bottom now at the bottom of the Eastern Conference standings. And, right. I mean, that's uh, true. That's obviously, true. we didn't see the best of you, DC United, uh, last night uh, for one reason or another. Injuries, uh, red card um, that happened there before halftime um, for Russell Canoose. Uh, I think. Uh, I think what the thing that I saw though from Nashville SC was the the ability the want to you know I think there's a lot more want to 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 do what they needed to do to to win balls to uh, 
play in possession. I think there was a lot more intention from Nashville. And I hate to make it as simple as like in as as media, you know, buzzwordy as much uh, uh, to say that it was all intent and want no, to. But I, I, I do think that that Nashville SC, especially in that first forty-five minutes, you know, DC United, I thought played better in the fi- in the second forty-five with less down a man. You know, I think well, yeah. they had to and, and, had to and, play up to snuff to try to. Uh, try to make sure that Nashville SC wasn't going to run away with the game, which was very possible had Nashville converted more of their opportunity. I mean, obviously they converted more of their opportunities, but some of those, so, you know, really chance, big chances like the Daniel Rios miss there, this game could have been three, nothing pretty quickly. I thought, or three, nothing there in the last half hour. Instead, Nashville SC had to finish, you know, grinding out the win. But all in all, this is what I, you know, this is kind of the games that we're going to have to expect, I feel like, throughout the rest of this this regular season because the, the schedule is compact and these games are going to be coming quickly and you're not always going to have your best effort and to get wins when you don't have your best 11 and aren't and aren't. 100%. I don't think anybody would, you know, would say that they were 100% last night among those who have played a lot. But I think those kinds of victories are going to be the ones where you're like, that's, that's why they're in the playoffs is because they were able to grind out victories there and, and, to, and to get three points against a team who is below you in the table. Yeah. But, there have there was chances, and obviously Daniel Rios was a guy who was, was quite active, especially in the first half. I mean, he was even over some set pieces, right? I mean, they put, they had Dex McCarty and Anibal Godoy, uh, it, you know, which which makes sense as two guys. But then Daniel Rios ended up being the third guy. You look at thirty eighth minute, and he snuck a, a low ball under the wall, a jumping wall, um, and I think. The way Bill Hamid played it, I mean, he would have had to make like a last-second save. Um, he did not have that corner cover. I mean, he was over there, but the ball could have snuck under him, I thought. Yeah, and then obviously, like a minute before halftime, Dax McCarty plays a ball. He sat on top of the 18-yard box, and he played a lob ball over uh, over the D.C. back line. It was, it was crossed into Dax, and Dax took a touch, played it down to the ground, put a lob ball – over the top, found Rios, and it like it's just one of those things where the ball doesn't get to the ground fast enough, and Rios swiped at it and just missed. But that would have been an easy goal right there. I think Nashville would have gone one up. And that was pretty much less than a minute before Russell Canoose got his second yellow card of the night. Um, because that free kick that Daniel Rios missed, that was a foul that Canoose uh, picked up. And so that was his first card, and then – what some seven minutes later, seven or eight minutes, he, yeah. he picks up his second yellow card and, and gets sent off. So, a ten men DC United first uh, second half, but the first half Ben, ben Olsen he called his team a fraud. Let me read you. Let me read you this. Quote oh man! From let me let me read you this quote that uh, Stephen Gall from the Washington Post he he quoted this after the game what Ben Olsen said on the press conference. He said, Ben Olsen, quote, we were a bunch of frauds in the first half. 
unacceptable performance from us. It was uninspiring. It looked like we were still on Sun Country Airlines or whatever we flew here this morning, end quote. <laughs> that is D.C. United head coach Ben Olsen. But, Nick, we can't get too bogged down into this, I guess, home debut for phase two. We got to talk about this schedule because – Nashville is in a particular situation, right? There's been five teams that have made the playoffs in its expansion year. So going back to the inception of MLS, you've got Chicago Fire and Miami Fusion in 98. you got Seattle Sounders in 2009. And then back in 17 and 18, Atlanta United get into the playoffs in their first year in 2017. LAFC get into the playoffs in their first year in 2018. Obviously, no FC Cincinnati in 2019. We're not even going to go there. Minnesota United failed to do so in 2017. Uh, you know, Portland Timbers failed to do so back in 2011. But, you know, these are, te- these are some of the recent expansion teams, right? 2020, Inter-Miami is likely not going to make the playoffs. Like, I'd be surprised if they make the playoffs. But Nashville SC has the possibility. They currently sit in ninth on 15 points. Just uh, one spot above Atlanta United in the Eastern Conference. With a game in hand. Yeah, with a game in hand, of course. But look, I mean, you, you, you look at National C's home schedule for the rest of the rest of the season. So you've got Houston Dynamo Saturday at home. Then look at October. October 6th at home to Minnesota United. October 20th. At home to Nissan, uh, not Nissan Stadium, at home to FC Dallas. <laughs> at Nissan Stadium. At Nissan Stadium, at home to FC Dallas. And no, that is not the third makeup match. That is yet to be announced. October 24th against New England Revolution. And then, of course, on the 31st, you've got Chicago Fire, who put four goals past Houston Dynamo last night. So, had, you know, take that for, for what it's worth. Those are games that National SC needs to win, period. If you go unbeaten, this is my take. If Nashua C goes unbeaten at home in 2020, they will make the playoffs. And not only that, I think they get into a spot that is in the first round. They don't have to go into the playing round. That's my take. I, I, I say that Nashua C will finish seventh in the Eastern Conference if they go unbeaten at home. At Nissan Stadium, mind you, starting October fifth, or excuse me, October sixth, fans will be able to attend matches at Nissan Stadium, starting at ten percent capacity. So, a little bit of advantage, not the fifty nine thousand sixty nine uh, that was at Nissan Stadium in February, but an advantage is an advantage. And I think with the guys that they have right now, hopefully, obviously, injuries will will hinder anything, but. National SC has the ability to get into the first round, let alone the playoffs in the, in the 10 spots that are open in the Eastern Conference. Well, I, my first reaction to you um, away from, from our podcast was that I thought that this schedule lined up, line, lined up pretty good for – pretty well for National SC if they wanted to make the playoffs. Uh, I thought there wasn't a home game there that you thought was daunting in, t- in a task. You know, there's no – you know, the Columbus crew, Philadelphia, the Philadelphia Union aren't coming here. Nashville comes, goes to Orlando in the final game of the year. And even then, you're, you're, you're probably thinking Orlando, with all the compact schedule that there is, trying to get ready for the playoffs, 
They're already they're in second place, but they're five points behind Columbus Crew as of now. That's a that's an, a likelihood. There is a likelihood there. Maybe, maybe it either grows or weakens that Orlando's going to be playing that that final game with less than their best eleven, and that's a good thing to have for Nashville SC. You know these home games as you talked about it as we go through the list. Houston on Saturday, which is the next game on the MLS schedule. I don't know how Nashville drew the short end of the stick there. And then uh, in a bat in two weeks, it looks like it is Minnesota at home. That's probably the most difficult. Surely at say. home, yes. At, at home, uh, the most difficult tie at home. Um, from there, uh, two weeks after that on a Tuesday is Dallas. And then the next Saturday after that is New England. And then the next Saturday, and then, yeah, the next Saturday after that is Chicago. All those are very, very winnable. Uh, there's nothing there that tells you uh, that uh, Nashville SC should struggle to at least get a point in any of those games. So I agree with you there. Some of these other games, though, on the road, like I think a big game, and it is still a month away, it's going to end up being a big game because Montreal is right there with Nashville on the schedule that October 27th game, which is going to be probably the third to last or second to last game, depending on when they put the SC Dallas. Is there another SC Dallas game ready to go? Right there, there, there still needs to be an SC Dallas game played, correct? They do. And so if you look at the end of the schedule, right? So they got Montreal on the 27th of October and then Chicago on the 31st. They don't play their final match. Another week on to the 8th of November. I definitely think that MLS tries to put a midweek match in Nashville against FC Dallas between the 1st of November. And I, I would say if I had to pick a date, I would say November 4th, they will, okay. they, they'll play Dallas at Nissan Stadium. So then all you're talking about really is how does Nashville SC's depth play into all this? Are they going to be able to uh, use some of their squad players? Like last night you had Alan Wynn play 70 minutes or so right? Uh, in the stead of, of Darby Bunch, and that's coming off of a start, right? He started against Columbus Crew. He did start um, against Columbus Crew. And then Taylor Washington as well playing – Makes his full debut for, for MLS right. Nashville SC. So, so so those are two of the guys. There are plenty of others. Leilani Baba, um, uh, you know, out, they're going to have to lean in a lot on Oscar Johnson as well. Some of these younger guys who haven't played as much this year are going to have to play, and they're going to have to play a lot. And those, those performances of those guys are going to play a big role into whether or not Nashville SC is going to be able to make the playoffs. I will also say that uh, anytime they can come out with the front three that they had last night and still get three points and, and create chances in doing so is, is a good sign for National SC. Yeah, well, let, let's, let's be honest here, though. Not every team is going to be statistically the second worst team in MLS like D.C. United is, and they're not going to play like that either. You know, you're not going to get a Minnesota team – He's not going to come in here, uh, you know, being second 
to worse uh, next to San Jose earthquakes, right? They're not going to be as non-threatening. There's going to be some tough moments, and there's there's going to need to be multi-goal games from National SC even at home, especially at home, uh, because they're you know teams are may not you know absolutely go for it in in the way that they play, right? They're not going to you know be absolutely forthcoming with their attack, but they're also not going to sit as compact as DC United did, right? And Taylor Washington even said after the game, like, yeah, they, we were playing up against a 10-man DC in the second half, but they were so compact and they were so rigid in their in their, in their their central of the park, like it was hard to break them down. It was hard to get passes in between lines. So you're going to have a national seaside that's, that's probably going to need to score two goals more than just against Atlanta United. Like they're going to – like Minnesota, whether it's Minnesota, whether it's Dallas. I mean, the fact the fact of the matter is like looking up against the teams that they're playing now, like New England just put three goals past you know, Montreal. And like I, as I said earlier, Chicago put four goals past Houston. And I get that, you know, Chicago was at home, but still, right? I mean, that, that's you've, – you've got to – be able to get to the next level. Um, and that's one thing I will say, in addition to National C expecting, I expect National C to, to earn, you know, earn a point at least in all of their home matches. Like they're going to have to do so. And sometimes it might not be nil-nil. It might not be 1-1. It might be 3-3. It might be 2-2. But if if you can't score, then you're not going to, you're not going to get there. And so, I, th- I think National C fans should expect if my if my I guess my my take should become true, it will feature a lot of two two and maybe 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 even possibly a three three against someone like Minnesota United. Doesn't look not very Gary Smith esque, but uh, someone like Minnesota they could very well put three goals up. So uh, that, that that that's my take. But I will say though. How crazy I, – we should end on this, Nick. I guess looking forward, like how good and how much of a story will it be if National C were to make the playoffs in its expansion year? Well, I think it's difficult to, to quantify that without fans, and that's the most disappointing part about all this. You know, there, there is going to be fans starting – what is it? When the fans are going to be back. They're, they're not – yeah, October – October 6th, that'll be against Minnesota. So there will be fans there, and that would add to the atmosphere a bit, but it's still not anything close to the atmosphere that we saw in February for the opening game against Atlanta. Yeah, but no no team would have that, though. I mean, I get it that we're talking about – Yeah, I get it that we're talking about the expansion, you know, the expansion side that's probably going to be the better one between the two this year. I get that. But we get it's it's not as if Nashville is losing anything relative to other teams. I get the only oh, thing. Oh no, that- I I'm I'm not no illusion of that. I'm just saying more more so for the you know what, how good of a story is it going to be? I just think when you have less people there, you have less people having a reason to engage with the club and. That to me, I hope that's not the case, but I also hope that I hope that there are people 
that there are more people each and every game who continue to, to get interested in Nashville SC and in MLS. I just don't know how easy that is on your first season when there are, you know, no people here, you know, no people in attendance up to this point, and you're going to have, you know, just a few thousand in attendance on October 6th. Uh, there's less reason for you to interact and engage and care about the club. That, that's the only thing I'm thinking about in terms of uh, thinking about this story in terms of a grandiose view of how it fits within the landscape of, of Nashville and Tennessee sports, especially, you know, when in November we'll be getting towards the uh, second half of the NFL season and also the second half of college football. Indeed. Yeah, I'm not, I do have, I do have one question for you in terms of context. Uh, do you think that this compact schedule will help teams like Nashville SC, teams that like to play close to the vest, don't like to first want to not give up goals in terms of their mindset, or does it help teams like, uh, you know, obviously like Sporting or, or Colorado who are very attack first, LAFC, who is towards the bottom of their standings, very attack first. Who do you think it helps most, you know, having 10, 10 games basically in five or six weeks? I definitely think it helps Nashville at home. That's for sure, without a doubt, Nash- to Nashville's benefit. They, looking, looking at the schedule, the fact that they do have chances to have back-to-back home games and against teams that, you know, they're going to need those, those back-to-back home games, right? I mean, if you're looking at – their schedule, the fact that they can have Dallas and New England who are not going to look like the Columbus and the Seattles of the world, but and then even they're not even looking like Sporting Kansas City, but those are two teams that can give you trouble. And the fact that you not only, yeah, you have them four days apart, but you have a back-to-back home stint. And that's going to help, especially uh, looking at how next month can um, can fold with injuries with any club. Um, We've seen from LAFC and we've seen from other teams, yeah, sure, you might be able to put two goals, three goals in, but you're going to lose by a goal because you're you're not stout and you're not fresh in defense and, and at the back. We've seen that from LAFC, and that's the reason why LAFC is still trying to climb into a playoff spot right now, you know, despite the fact that, yeah, I know Carlos Vela has been banged up this year and, you know, they missed Martha Anthony Kay from suspensions and from his own injuries. Um, and even some, some MLS's back tournament fatigue for a couple of these teams as well. But being how Nashville is set up, I think, especially with the games they have at home, it's going to benefit them once we get closer to Halloween, so to speak. And because that's really what, like, October is going to be the month. Sure, you know, phase, two, phase one was great for Nashville. I think they got the points that they needed. Uh, obviously, they could have done better, but they got the points that they needed. And then here they are starting, you know, phase two with the expected results. I mean, I don't think you and I expected Nashville to go to Columbus and get a win, you know. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, I certainly wasn't. <laughs> they they're they've got their win against DC. They need that win against Houston Saturday to put them into 
the best position to go through this October gauntlet because as I said, it's November is just you, know, you gotta you gotta say good luck to to Nashville against Orlando on the road unless Orlando just absolutely run out of gas. Uh, they they haven't lost in Exploria Stadium this season, like even before the pandemic. They they are they're unbeaten. And so you got to get what you need at home in October. And I think that's gonna benefit to your question and to answer your question, I think it's gonna benefit Nashville. That's that's a fair that's a fair answer, and I think that's probably the correct one. I you know I as so, long as the depth so continues. So enthusiastic to, you are, man. I, I just <laughs> I don't know. I'm, what's enthousi- going on. I'm enthusiastic about this team. I promise. I promise. I am. You know they they they've they've been competitive throughout the the phase two, and I'm excited to see what they can do against some teams that aren't Orlando, Atlanta, or Miami. Indeed. Yeah, I definitely appreciate playing uh, or, or covering a team that's playing. I've never wanted to see the Houston Dynamo more. <laughs> What'd you say? I never wanted to see the Houston Dynamo more. Oh, I'm looking I'm looking for the Thierry Henry matchup. That's what I'm looking forward to. October 27th at Red Bull Arena. You went this whole podcast, by the way without mentioning the name of Darwin Quintero. And I'm so surprised, given that that name, that, that's going to be well, coming up. I did it, mention it on a radio hit that I just did, uh, I guess, before this podcast. So I did mention that folks should watch out for Darwin Quintero because he'll – I mean, obviously, he's the best player for Houston. But they do have Christian Ramirez. They do have some other guys, Houston. So it's not as if, uh, you know – don't oh, don't sleep on Zarek Valentin. <laughs> don't sleep on that guy. But right, that to my point earlier, Houston's not going to be a slouch. They're not going to be an easy game. So we're going to end it on that though. Verse Houston Nissan Stadium day game two thirty kickoff Central. I'm 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 loving it. We're going to make the story in print Sunday. I hope so. Well, I will. You bet your bottom dollar. But that's gonna be so. that's gonna be episode fifteen, man. We've reached a milestone. We got fifteen episodes in. We've got a, a thousand more to go. That's right. Nick Gray, yeah. producer yeah. Nick. You've heard him. He he's made his return from weddings and vacations and oddball work schedules. He's back. Glad to be back, Drake. Always and good. To, I'm always glad to talk to you about. Nashville SC, and we didn't talk about James Rodriguez's spectacular start to the Premier League season. This is a Nashville soccer podcast, yeah, this not is a Nashville not, MLS podcast. This is not but a producer will, Nick's favorite Evertonian uh, we podcast. We will wait for all that once Everton wins 3-1 over Liverpool. We're not talking time. about the Toffees, Nick. We're going to end it here. Plugged in, episode 15, a Nashville soccer podcast. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Tune in next time as we go through phase two and cover Nashville SC and its expansion season. Thanks, guys.